Welcome to the Normal to Nomad podcast, where we share stories, thoughts, ideas, and conversations on our journey to find balance with nature in a technologically advanced world. My name is Baron. And I'm Elsa. We live together in a 13-foot scamp trailer with our dog camp in the American wilderness. Welcome back to another podcast episode. Today we are in the scamp and we're going to be talking about the virtues of simple solutions and how simplicity has improved our lives. This is something we have been wanting to talk about for a long time, but it's almost as though we've been making the script too complex to even talk about simplicity. It's so integral to our lives that we have a hard time articulating how we think and how we sort of employ simplicity because it's so close to us now but we we're gonna try we're gonna try to explain it generally people tend to resist simplicity us included Mm -hmm. and we are trying to get to the bottom of why that may be and in doing so we realize that it is super easy to hide in complexity which is sort of not intuitive but the idea of Hiding in reasons why you can or can't do something or should or shouldn't do something is really easy to like talk yourself into or out of something, even especially if you're super analytical. Like what is an example? Coming up with reasons as to why you couldn't start your own YouTube channel. It's a good Or one. why you couldn't start a podcast or... Because I have to have this or that. I have to have a separate YouTube channel for my new subject. I right. have to have a particular logo... I don't have the money for the gear, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to just keep tacking on reasons as to why you can't do something. And then you never do it. Right. But I think it's more than that. It's not only why you can and can't do things. Hiding in complexity is easy. I think because there's, we live in so much complexity we don't even realize. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think people will sort of reciprocate with you if you come up with excuses as to why not. And people will be like, oh, yeah, totally, me too. Versus if you try to do something unorthodox or come up with some simple, crazy way of doing things, then you may come against more friction. A lot of common examples of complexity that we tend to overlook would be as simple as grocery store selections. I think that's why Trader Joe's does so well, is because they don't have a lot of selections. Because they don't have a lot. Like, you know this one type of pasta you really like, because it's the only one that they have. Yeah. I mean, they have more selections than that, but... Or like peanut butter, they'll have a crunchy, a creamy, and... Sugar-free, right. kind of... and that's about it. ...in their own brand. So that makes that simple. But when... Um, who was it? There was a girl who was talking about... I think she's from New Zealand, was saying... Elena Osborne... She did the PCT and she said that she was overwhelmed by selections. When she got off the trail to go to the grocery stores, she was just overwhelmed by all the choices that there were. Especially in like a big box, if you go to Walmart or Target, there's 50 different deodorants, 50 different toothpastes, 100,000 toilet papers, except for not currently. Yeah, yeah, right. (laughs) Um, And RVs, I think, People make the selection of RVs pretty complex, feeling like they have to have their bathroom, they have to have a certain amount of storage space. Diets, you said? Yeah. People tend to overcomplicate diets. Just, I guess, it is 
dependent on what your intention is with the diet. But if you're trying to lose weight, for example, then it can be as simple as burn more calories than you consume. I know that's controversial, but and on a basic level, it is what it is. Weddings was something that came to mind as well. Obviously, we've never been through a wedding. Of but our own. Yeah, based on other people's weddings, there is so much. That, so much drama and complexity. Well, just so much that goes with a wedding. You got to do so much. You got to, well, I'm sure like most then, people know. on the other end of that, you don't. Oh right. no, you just, you get married, right. right? Yeah, like my parents got married in Vegas and they've been together for almost 40 years. And to some extent you have to have, like you're inviting a ton of people to a party. That makes sense. But then you're getting into the decorations. You've got a wedding planner, you do catering. Like there's, there's undeniably a lot of complexity that goes into getting married. Oh my gosh, and even like the legal side of things. Yeah. Changing your name, heck. Yeah, a few examples as to why we are not. I'm, I'm like sweating and getting anxiety just thinking about it. Cameras. We get a lot of people who ask us to recommend a camera for them. And the main recommendation is just use your phone. You can get so bogged down in lenses, tripods, microphones, accessories of all kinds, camera bodies even. And that doesn't mean there's no virtue in good camera gear, but on the same at the same time the iphone camera if you don't know what you're doing is going to take a lot better photos and it's usually people who want they're like they're going on a big trip and so they want say yo i want to get a good camera because i want to take really nice pictures mm-hmm. when you're going to have this really nice camera in your pocket at all times that's probably a better better option for you how does the saying go the best camera is the one that you have with you or something to that effect i think that's a good saying so you have your phone with you at all times so if a awesome photo presents itself you can always capture it versus lugging around a camera and with even older iphones i can't speak for non-iphones though i'm pretty sure their cameras could even be better on a lot of phones higher megapixel apple just does such a great job the auto the post processing the auto stabilization it's insane i don't know if we haven't well we've probably said it a few times but we record most videos on the iPhone since I think November of last year when I got this iPhone 11 Pro. It is so amazing. Expensive, but for like what we're doing. But if you compare that to buying a camera and the ability to have three different lenses built into it and it fits in your pocket is unheard of. It's unlike any other camera you can buy. Because the macro is so nice. Like if you think of a fisheye sort of on a GoPro, our, the phone has that built in. Is that macro? I thought macro or no, was it, close. no, it, it isn't macro. Wide angle. Yeah, it's wide angle. It is so cool. Love it. Um, you said wardrobe, which yeah. makes sense. People tend to have way too many of every type of article of clothing. And shoes, and then multiple, like, super fancy things that you wear once a year. It makes, I mean, when I lived in the city, I would wear one thing for one day, and then I'd claim it as dirty and I would wash it so with that mindset it makes sense that you'd have a lot of many different things whereas now we wear things for sometimes weeks on end depending on how close we are to a laundromat another thing that you can overcomplicate is a website like I've built websites from the ground up coding them out from scratch and initially I thought that that's what you had to do 
but now my site is built in Squarespace and most any site that I'm going to build these days is either in Squarespace or Shopify. I could even build a Squarespace website. Right. I bought, built two of them. They're so photography reliant that if you can take good photos, so if you have a good camera phone, then you can build a website effectively. There's more that goes into it than that, but you don't have to ground up code a website anymore. That's kind of similar to YouTube channel in a way. Totally. Skincare, hair care, and makeup. Oh my goodness, there are so many different types of products for those things. Uh, and they typically make it worse. Yes, like well... Like all the acne products uh, and everything. We were just talking about this the other day, how... I'm sorry I'm getting so fired up, it's just offensive. I mean, and I was in the makeup world for quite a while, so I feel like I can speak from experience, as can like most women. But you wear makeup, when you go out into public, it makes you feel good. In my case, I feel like it made me look more mature and older, more awake. Then you gotta go home, you have to have a product to wash it off. Then your face is pretty stripped from non-natural cleanser, so then you have to put some sort of moisturization on. You might wake up and do the same thing, then you put more makeup on, and it's just the cycle of complicating your face. And then your skin gets really unhappy. I had a lot more acne when I was wearing makeup that I tried to cover with different products, different like zit stuff, and only making it worse. Oh my gosh. So I understand the need. Going out into public, there's kind of a standard for the way that you present should, yourself. Yeah, look and present yourself. Um, so I understand, but holy heck, there's a lot of different types of things that I see girls have in their bathrooms that maybe, I don't know. And from my perspective, if I'm being totally honest, I think women are prettier without makeup all the time. I don't think, unless, there's, unless you do like super subtle makeup that just highlights your features or whatever, I think no makeup is preferable. Because whenever it looks like cakey and... When it looks like you've like, got makeup on, there yeah. it is a... And I mean no offense, but I just... Girl, I think you're prettier if you're just you, is all I'm trying to say. Aww. Fishing and other sports also can be overly complex. All you really need to go fishing is a hook. And almost any... A hook and some line. And almost any species of fish will eat a worm. So you could just take some line and a hook and go find yourself a worm under a rock and fish with that and likely on, catch anything anywhere. Alone, the, alone, History Channel's alone, they're fishing with a hook and a string and like a lure they made out of a tin can. Yeah, or I didn't know bones. you could do that. But it can be very simple. I'm not, And I've gotten way into the complex end of fishing. But you don't have to. Solar. There's a lot of things and decisions and products that go into a solar system, solar setup for off-grid living. There's a lot to understand and a lot of products to just get you rolling on a fundamental level. But in our case, we tried to simplify it as much as possible with an all-in-one system, like the Goal Zero batteries, because they have the solar controller, all the different ports and interfaces built in. And they utilize the watt system rather than amps. Well, everything utilizes, utilizes it, watts, but... amps, and volts. But but the, it's generally displayed in the context of watts and spoken of in the context of watts or watt hours, which eliminates a lot of ambiguity because amps times volts equals watts. Oh my gosh, it is so complex. That's another podcast that has not happened because it is so complex. It is so hard to simplify 
into terms for somebody who has no idea what is yeah. going on. I have some understanding of what's going on, and I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around it. But what, what helped me a lot, though, is understanding that if you're speaking in watts, you're accounting for both amps and volts. So you can have watts or watt hours and just come to understand those and you'll be great. I think that is why goal zero is ahead of the game. Yeah. I think that will be more adopted in the future. Yeah, it, especially if you're measuring battery capacity, even in phones and stuff, because if you're talking in milliamp hours and all these different things, it, it doesn't equate because the voltages are all varying. So we'll get into that somewhere else. This, <laughs> I could That could be a whole 10 podcast series. Kind of a heavier, ugh, very ugh, almost disgustingly complex um, system is buying a car or buying a house. When we bought the Subaru, I could not believe the amount of just garbage we had to go through in order to get the freaking car, to sell one car and get another. I and could not believe it. And all the dancing you have to do at the dealership and all the crap. It's just It terrible. was unbelievable. There's so much complexity built into it just so that people can siphon off money at every... It makes me sick to my stomach. That same with like buying a house or at this point doing taxes. It's so intentionally complex because Intuit has lobbied millions of dollars to keep their software afloat and keep the tax code as complex as possible. So it makes people, it makes it very hard to even pay your taxes. It makes you want to keep using Intuit right. and TurboTax. Makes you have to. All of the, but that's like on a cultural level. It, I think that's part of why individually we lean towards complexity and hide in it because that's how all of our high level systems are built in our culture. There's very little simplicity, very little like iteration and thought going into it really. We don't even realize that we are caught up in the complexity. Right. Even the laws. There's, yeah. Well, let's jump out of that before I go on a yeah. tangent. <laughs> let's get fired up here. Something that has been super helpful for us in trying to find simple solutions is a heuristic that we were introduced to by Tim Ferriss. And it's the question, what would this, or what would it look like if it were easy? If we are overwhelmed by things or stressed out or can't figure something out, if we look at it from that lens of what would this look like if it were easy, then oftentimes that's really helpful. And I know that probably at face value doesn't sound super helpful, but let's dive into some examples quick to help illustrate that. Something that comes to mind first is making YouTube videos. You mentioned like being caught up in stress or overwhelm. Uh, I often feel that way when I'm trying to produce a video or get my weekly video out. And when I sit back and say, well, what would this look like if it were easy? Okay, cool. I don't have to film all these technical shots. It's more about the story anyway. That helps me simplify and produce an even better video, truly, because that's what people look for is simple content. Or even today, you were overwhelmed by, okay, we got to make a script. I need to film all this. What are we going to do? And then I said, well, what do we already have? You know? So what can we already, what do we already have to edit? And we had some Berkey stuff and different things that we could work into a video rather than starting everything from scratch. And the same, I apply it same with blog posts and things like that. If I'm overwhelmed by it or I need to take photos and I need to edit all these photos and all this, rather than going through and doing it really difficult, just go outside. Don't wait for the perfect light. Just do it in whatever light you got shoot it, edit it on your phone, 
and put the pot or the blog post together rather than trying to make it perfect and then I'm working on it for a whole week and then I never actually post it. Here's an example that might not be exactly what we're trying to promote. What would it look like if it were easy? I'm really, really hungry. It's nighttime. I don't want to make any food. So I go to town and I get a pizza. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that is illustrating the point. Yeah, right? if you're overwhelmed by having to cook something and you have all these different, so much decision fatigue, all these spices, so many things in your fridge. And we're Yeah, we're not really condoning just going to town and getting a pizza. Not every day, at least. No, but it does eliminate a lot of complexity. So apply that same sort of thinking <laughs> to your job or... Um, making complex decisions. Living in the scamp has made simplicity very visceral and really truly important. And mandatory. Yeah, in many cases we didn't have any other choice. For example, buying the scamp. We bought the scamp because we didn't have a lot of money to work with, whereas we were also considering buying a tiny house, a pre-made tiny house. We were about ready to do that, to finance a tiny house, but financing a tiny house is a pretty complex thing in itself and then we would have been seventy thousand dollars in debt and we would have been locked into that so if we couldn't find a place to park it then we're we're screwed in this case it's an example of simple not being easy we talked about that at the beginning mm -hmm. that simple is not always easy but we had a mini cooper we didn't have a lot of money we were familiar with this tiny 13-foot scamp trailer, and in choosing that route, it left us in a far better place if, for example, we had decided that that wasn't what we wanted to do, if in the future we wanted to go bigger, or if we wanted to do a tiny house, or if we didn't want to do this at all. Um, if we started small, very simple. It didn't seem like an ideal choice to live in a 10-foot vessel, there's the additional three feet of the 13-foot scamp is the tongue. So we actually live in a 10-foot space. It didn't seem ideal, but it ended up being actually exactly what we needed over time. Surprisingly, like three and a half years later, it's still exactly what we need. Yeah. But it left us, by spending $3,700 on a house or on our RV versus having to finance it and do all that, it left us a lot more dynamic. So then we could travel a lot more and make things happen versus getting what we thought would be the perfect thing out of the gate, which would have been like a big toy hauler or a truck camper. And then we would have had to buy a truck and we would have been pretty buried in all that debt. And then we would have to navigate that and we wouldn't have had the money to live. We would have been pretty stuck. Yeah. So towing the scamp around with a Mini Cooper wasn't necessarily the easiest way to do it, but it was the simplest way to accomplish those goals versus a far more complex solution would have been to sell the Mini Cooper right then, buy a truck, buy another camper, all those types of things. Which so, then would have made our life in the future probably a bit harder. Right, more difficult. But it was the, the complex solution in that case was what everyone suggested to us and it was more obvious than the simple solution which was use the mini cooper to tow the thing it worked yes it did it really worked and it was awesome now that we live in the scamp we 
like we said, we have to employ simple solutions and find simple solutions to things, and particularly compact solutions. I think one of the best illustrations of that is your sticker business. For sure. My entire sticker business fits in a Rubbermaid tub. Shipping supplies, the product itself, the stickers, everything fits in this Rubbermaid. And we went with that because... It's the most compact like physical thing that we could sell just about and the it since it's flat all of the shipping and the printer and everything fits simply in a box and the actual packaging that goes with the stickers as well is very simple i use the most minimal amount of packaging as possible because we don't have a lot of space and it's just better for everybody and it's ecologically more friendly right and you don't have to throw away crap in the envelope and we've thought about t-shirts and stuff and those would be hard to store in here we could do like drop shipping but it's just nobody needs an extra cotton t-shirt with a different logo on it because mm -hmm. when we lived in the city we had probably 20 or so t-shirts each honestly one day though perhaps we'll do some more merino wool shirts if we underwear. do yeah if we do merch like that i just want it to be useful stuff that sort of follows our ethos and that's a little bit more difficult but someday but for now the sticker business hits on all of the things that we find to be important and speaking of businesses another element of simplicity that we employ is our laptops we have our entire offices in our backpacks laptops ipads what else microphones, cords, everything, the entire office fits within our backpack. Whereas if we had done something like an iMac desktop in the Scamp, it first wouldn't have fit anywhere in the Scamp. But this allows us to be able to work from anywhere. We can work within the Scamp, we can work outside of the Scamp, we can go to town and work. We used to be able to. And choosing to work in the digital space, web development and branding and YouTube videos and art and contract work and those types of things we can do all of those just from our laptop So we pretty strictly chose those types of things to make money Because it leaves us portable versus like when we were working on the farm the last few years We were pretty stuck to that and we loved working on the farm So it was worth the sacrifice and we loved the area that it was in but if we were to choose to do more analog work like that to make money we would be locked into certain places like physical spaces and we choose to do things that let us be portable like not having running water yeah. if we had um, water tanks or if we didn't we needed to be connected to water all the time we would also be locked into places locked into campgrounds even if we were had water tanks or gray water black water tanks we would still have to take the camper in to dump those tanks so without we are a lot more free to go as far back into the backcountry as we want we have two six gallon jugs that will go fill in town when we go to the grocery store and we can just leave the camper and take the car to town and if we did have built-in water then we would have to worry about our pipes bursting and winterizing the scamp and all those types of things too. And just things leaking and it's just more complex systems that we don't need. That was a hard one. 
that was something that I was, uh, it took me a long time to get used to because that is a luxury that is so common, so normal that I didn't know if I'd be able to go without it. But the trade-offs make it 1000% worth it. I would not consider ever installing water in here, running water ever. Because now we have, with the Berkey, it's made it so much nicer to just have awesome running water, or filtered water. filtered water all the time on tap. And then outside, now that we have that, or the pressurized shower, we can wash our hands. And you use that more than I do just to wash your hands to put in your contacts and mm -hmm. stuff. It's so nice. Whereas before... It wasn't the simplest thing, but filling um, our collapsible bucket full of water, washing our dishes that way when we would do a, like a heavy dish cleaning time, uh, <laughs> which didn't happen very often. No. But even that way, the freedoms that we have in not being connected to water, not having to have big water tanks is a thousand times worth it. And not having a sink taking up our counter space. Like where we, where the sink would be, we have our battery, which we use all the time and it has all of the USB ports and everything coming out of it. So yeah, I guess if we did have a bigger rig, if we ever did go for that, like if we had a kid or something and needed to have a bigger rig, I would reconsider. There's a lot of, a lot of variables in something like that. But. And if we were to camp differently than we do, cause during the summers and stuff, we generally try to camp by water so that we can go wash off in the river. And if we had a rig like a bus, I love buses. If we had, if we were somewhere stationary in a rig or RV or something, variables would be different. So I'm not saying that we'll, we will never have running water again for the rest of our lives, but for our current setup in this camp, it makes a lot of sense being simple. The same kind of system goes for propane. That's a thing that's oftentimes uh, connected in RVs. We disassembled that from the start. and we... oh, Just like with the water that was built in. We took out the water tanks and the, all the plumbing for that and the sink. And we took out the whole propane system and all the lines and all that. And now? I mean, what was in here that needed prop the heater? The furnace and the cook stove that I, was built did in. Did they even work? Did we ever turn those on? We did not. It we was not even a out. consideration to to use those. They took they were so huge. And it wasn't even that they were so big, but all the space around them was then just not used at all. So the hole where we have most of our storage was a propane tank. Or it wasn't a propane tank, it was a fridge and a furnace. And then above that was the stove, the burners. Yeah, the design, the like natural design that comes in these scamps leave a lot of unused space in the kitchenette area. Like very small drawer, you remember that? It was mm -hmm. super small where the stove, underneath the stove, all the space around that heater where the doors would open down here, just was like empty yeah. space that you couldn't use. But I think manufacturers scamp themselves probably think that people are using this for a two-day trip max. Yeah, we are an exception, I suppose. Yeah, we're, we're not the people that they're building this for, clearly. It would be awesome, though, if they said, what's up, Elsa and Baron? We want to build a camper for people like you because this yeah. is becoming a much more popular lifestyle. Yeah, we would love to build a boondock-ready scamp for people that are full-timing. 
Thankfully, though, our friends Retro Renos, they are considering things like this. They are just a couple entity, some of our good friends, but it'd be sweet if... It's been really fun bouncing ideas with them and working on things with them. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. really doing it. They're making cool things happen. Retro Renos on Instagram. What else? Our wood-burning stove. So simple. Just takes wood. Yeah, can't break. I mean, I guess it could, but... It's just a really simple, classic system that people have been using for thousands of years. I can see how a lot of people use propane. I think propane heat is also simple. You could you argue it that it's ways. far simpler, honestly. Yeah, but ours, uh, we didn't have a vented propane. Mm -hmm. What were we using? The Mr. Buddy? Which is a crap box, but they're not ours all was. crap boxes. Yeah. yeah, we somehow got a Mr. Buddy that wouldn't work at elevation when it got too cold. So we were at elevation and it was very cold. So the thing wouldn't start up. Baron had to thaw it with a lighter before the it could thermal get thermal coupler. I had to warm it up because it didn't know, <laughs> like it auto shuts off as a safety feature just in case the pilot light isn't lit. And it knows that the pilot light is lit by the thermal coupler that's right in front of it. So I had to warm up the thermal coupler to get it to light and oftentimes it just wouldn't work at all. That was devastating. That was our very first experience fully off-grid, and we couldn't have heat. We were in here winter, just frozen. Snowing. February in the high Rockies of Colorado. That was a trying time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, winter's a really good season to start because when you don't know what you're doing, it's the hardest. Yeah, but once you do know what you're doing, it's probably the easiest. Yeah, so you get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then nothing is harder than that. Yeah. But now, uh, like, I think winter is easier than summer, for example. For sure. Just because it's easier to warm up than it is to cool down. We talked about our solar system, how the goal zero, goal zero system is just very easy. All in one. Very simple. Clothing, we don't have a lot of space for a lot of clothes. But because we don't get to have a lot of variety in our clothes, that means that we can afford to spend that money that we'd be spending on a three, four pairs of jeans on the best pair of pants from Fjallraven. We have one of the best thing rather than five of a mediocre thing, whether it be shirt or boxers even. Cool. Like I, I have five pairs of boxers and they're all ex officio, give and go, like best boxers on the market as far as I'm concerned. Our pants, like Elsa said, Fjallraven. We have a couple Melanzanas each, which is our hoodies. We both have a really nice puffy. We have a good rain jacket. You yeah. have even cooler stuff than I do. Well, because honest. thrift stores, that's where I get a lot of my Merino stuff. Thrift stores have a lot more women's selections than men. That's very true. Cooking is a really good example of simplicity. We could have a ton of different spices, but we just don't have the room. So we only cook with salt cayenne pepper, cinnamon. Sometimes we have pepper, regular pepper. We haven't for a long time. Black pepper. Yeah. Sometimes we have Trader Joe's everything but the bagel, but <laughs> with the pandemic, for some reason that's been all sold out. And for good reason, it's the best. We cook with two oils, coconut oil and olive oil. We have two dishes, two plates, two small plates, one bowl actually, we never got two. We've, yeah. we've existed with one bowl for how many years? <laughs> Two forks, two spoons, two knives, two, one, two chopsticks, two chopsticks. We don't need four, I guess, for any reason. We no. use those a lot of times as stirring sticks. Just because they're so easy to clean. And we usually eat out of the pot that we cook in. 
just because it doesn't require us to dirty a bunch of dishes because that's the simple way of doing things. And it really helps to have a dog as a garbage disposal. <laughs> yeah, it does. I so, mean, we don't feed him a bunch of garbage, but... No, but he cleans up because we eat clean. And as long as all the ingredients in whatever we eat are safe for dogs, then he can clean it up. And he's a happy dog about it. Right. He's on the bench right now. Look at his dream smile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just passed out. <laughs> ingredients, do you want to go there too? in the context of cooking? Yes, because I think that you you go into that one because it affects you the most. <laughs> How do you mean? Like, you get frustrated when other people make things that are complicated because then it's almost like you being the person who didn't make the food is expected to do all the dishes. Well, right? And that's not... That's like yeah. hanging out with friends and family and stuff. Well, and even when it's just you and I... Like, a lot of times, if you cook, then I clean. But many... My consideration for whether... You're shaking your head no. Am I lying? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just... If I want to make a dank soup, it's not even that complicated. Well, no, but it's... Whenever I consider whether I'm going to make something... And it's just, like, my laziness. But I'll consider how much of a pain it is to clean up. So then you will eat for dinner a peanut butter and honey sandwich. Yes, with hemp seed and chia seed <laughs> and a little bit of ghee so that it's in a little bit of pink Himalayan sea salt. I think that makes a lot of sense. I Just because really I can take five minutes and I'm done. Versus if you make like spring rolls, spring roll pasta, let's say, which I love. But with spring roll pasta, it's a lot of prep. It uh, leaves a lot of scraps. You use, like, every single cooking thing that we have. <laughs> and then it's just all over the place. And you're like, I made it dinner. And then it's... Which I, I appreciate wholeheartedly. I think but if I were not here and you, for, like, a year, had mm -hmm. to make all of your own food, you would really be very sad that I wasn't here to make you spring roll pasta. I think you would get very sick of your simple peanut butter sandwiches well maybe i wouldn't do that all the time i don't know should we, let's fight about this later okay <laughs> <laughs> in the context of cooking something else is our pots and pans we keep those really simple and they all fit in a rubbermaid tub with our stove we have one cast iron pan which is awesome because it doesn't need soap you're not supposed to use soap on cast iron you can really kind of just leave the food within the pan to st i mean not really you scrape out the food but you leave some butter fat in the bottom and you're good to go. It doesn't even have to be like scraped clean too much. I mean, it does. And it's a pretty deep cast iron pan, so we can fit quite a lot of food in there. What would be awesome is if we had a lid for it. But mm -hmm. we do have a lid for our stainless steel. To, uh, how many quarts is it? It's a pretty big pot. Probably like four, eight, eight. I don't know. It's a big. Pretty big pot. Mm -hmm. uh, we use like that lid. Pot. Take that lid, like scoot all the food on the cast iron, kind of to one side. Then you can take the stainless steel glass lid and put that right on top. And that kind of works as a lid, kind of. But it would be really nice to have a cast iron lid for our cast iron so we could <laughs> use it as an oven. Yeah, Dutch oven. One day, when we have a little bit more space. Or once I get rid of one of our other pots, which is one other pot. I have a... <laughs> <laughs> I have a steamer pot that I put on top of the stainless steel pot. I could probably get rid of that, but I do yeah, love it. Now that you know good. that you can cook soup vegetables in the soup rather than steaming them and well, then putting them in the, the soup. Well, the reason I bought that, so it's like a double boiler, except the top of it has holes in it. 
that's the steam part. I bought that because we used to only be able to cook on a BioLite pot and I, it was too heavy to have a whole pot of soup uh, cooking for like 20 plus minutes, lifting that up and putting more wood in every five, 10 minutes. So I then- I forgot that we- Yeah, for a year and a half we did that. So I would steam the vegetables first and then put them in the soup pre-cooked so that that only had to sit for, for like five minutes. And then we also have a little cast iron, like teeny tiny cast iron that fits on our stove and a little tiny like ceramic pot with a lid that fits on our stove that we use to make like the wood soups stove. And... Both of those for the wood stove yeah. inside. And that's really all, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a collapsible oh, bucket. Oh, and the Stanley for making coffee. And oh, stuff. the Stanley, that's our oldest camping cookware thing. You can get those at Walmart for 15 bucks, I think. But we make coffee in that. And we have a collapsible bucket that we keep with our pots. It has a hole in it and we don't use it. I don't know what we are planning on doing with it, but that's there. I bet we could patch it with the mm -hmm. one of our sleeping pad patches. Those are pretty strong. So many of those examples were, decisions were made out of necessity based on the size of the scamp and kind of the space that we have to work with. But the simplicity in those choices allowed us a lot of benefits that kind of outweigh the, the annoying elements of having two forks and not being able to throw them in the dishwasher, like if we had a bunch of them, like most people. For example, no iMac or gaming desktop like we were used to allows us to work from anywhere, and we can have a smaller solar setup because our devices are so much more efficient. Like we said, we've got the best clothes that we could have. Uh, we don't have to take the scamp in to fill up our water tanks. We're a lot more flexible with water. Having a smaller camper in general, that's probably our t number one question we get asked is, are you going to go when bigger? When are you going to upgrade uh -huh. to something else? There's so much virtue in having a tiny camper, a really light small camper though, because I always go back to this, but being able to move it by hand is amazing. We can get into so many spots that we couldn't otherwise get into, even if I was an expert driver. You can lift it up to put it, to attach it to the hitch. If not you'd have to crank it every time we'd right. have to get like inch it back and forth with and the car have to get way better at hand signals so that i can get it right on <laughs> because right now i can do it all by myself and then just lift it to f fix whatever miss that i had with the tongue but in being really lightweight we can go to a lot more remote locations like way deeper in the forest it's not like we have an off-road rig either. It's just really lightweight and we drive slow. If we were bigger or top-heavy, we wouldn't be able to go through all the gnarly dirt roads and potholes and stuff. A lighter camper also means better gas mileage and you can have a smaller vehicle to tow with. And lighter camper or smaller campers are much more maneuverable. And then that allows, like I said, to have a smaller car or a not a giant car, which is far more comfortable when we're not driving or when we're not towing rather, and really just has little excess and it's cheaper to maintain and everything and cheaper to purchase to begin with. When we're approaching a new system or problem or trying to buy a new thing or getting into a new activity or buying a new piece of gear, we don't choose to buy the most expensive thing out of the gate typically unless we really understand what we're getting into. For example, 
if I were to, let's, let's say I was getting into fishing for the first time, if I were to buy like a super awesome bait casting reel, which is what the professional bass fishermen use, it would be that if, even though that is like the best reel that you can buy by some measurement, it's super complex, it's hard to use, and you can only target certain fish with it. So to buy a simple spinning reel out of the gate would be better because then you could figure out how to fish, you could figure out what types of species you want to target and all those types of things, and you're not stuck with a $200 plus reel out of the gate. Although we always do want to have the most, not the most expensive, but the highest quality thing that will last for the rest of our lives. If we're getting into something new, we don't generally buy that directly out of the gate. Snowboarding gear. Yeah, that's a great example. I bought secondhand, pretty cheap snowboard bindings, boots, and snowboard gear. And Your, I think um, goggles even. Everything was under $400. My whole setup. I think it was under, most well, of it was under two. Including my clothes, it was oh, under okay. 400 Like pants, coat, hat, balaclava or whatever thing, gloves. And the pants, coat, and hat, and helmet are helmet. all, like, you can keep them for the rest of time. Mm -hmm. And your goggles. Mm -hmm. And really, you got such, a, like, we found some awesome stuff. Board boots and bindings under $200. And then, because you were just getting into snowboarding, so the assumption is you get those things secondhand, relatively cheap, get as good as you can, but like reasonable. And then once Elsa figures out what she, how she wants to snowboard, what kind of snowboard she likes, what kind of boots she likes, all of the gear that she really digs, then she can get like the buy it for life type of items. I cannot wait. That was our first season that we bought that stuff. We got the Epic Pass that, that year and oh my God gosh snowboarding is the best but since then we just haven't been in a place where we're snowboarding or close to a mountain for long enough so, I, we need to make a winter season just dedicated to get a pass and snowboard yeah we just haven't been in the same place yeah every winter we have moved and we need to find a way because the hardest part about going snowboarding is camp yep so we'd we, have to have some sort of Probably. electric heater mm -hmm. or stay somewhere that's low enough elevation that you drive up to the mountain so that he's not cold in the scamp and really we don't like leaving him for that long mm -hmm. just feel bad some people leave their dogs in their cars yeah i guess we could yeah we could with do a little that. heating pad or something for him yeah. to, he's such a little princess but he is small there's some bigger mountain dogs who easy they're comfortable in the car as they're owners snowboard and stuff but even if we were camping somewhere where we had friends nearby that we could just leave camp yeah. with them or something I don't know, we'll yeah there's something. a lot of variables there how do we keep it simple yeah, we'll find question. out well we should listen to this podcast <laughs> camera is something uh similar to fishing a lot of people out of the gate feel like they need to buy a really quality camera in order to produce quality photos and quality video but in terms of video if you don't know how to make a story it doesn't matter the quality of the shots I mean you could argue a little bit this is what everybody says though everybody who really makes videos you have to know how to make a story make a edit the the camera will then augment that it will 
enhance it later mm. on once you know how to make a video. Out of the gate, though, really, it's not consequential. Right, it's not the first step. I act like I am such a, a such a pro, but like I've gone through so many camera um, iterations. By definition, you're a pro. Another place that is pretty obvious is in camping, and we've noticed this on our Discord server especially. It just, and I'm not, it, it can be so complex to get into going camping. Like you, what tent am I going to get? What backpack am I going to put it in? Sleeping bag. Yeah, what sleeping, sleeping bag do pad. I get? Yeah. Should I do an inflatable pillow? Right, there's so many different things. But you can get started pretty easily with a tent that you're, you likely have laying around somewhere. Or your neighbor has or whatever. Or you can go get a simple cheap tent. And just go camping. Bring extra comforters and just sleep on those. You don't have to have all the things. And if you've never even gotten into something like that before, then you can just go on a hike and take a towel and go sit on the towel by a lake and read a book. And that'll that's like lowest level going camping. So you don't have to have all the nicest things to get into it. You can just get into it with what you have available and then once you figure out like, oh, I think hammock camping would be the way that I want to go, then you can get a hammock for under $50 and try that out. You don't have to sleep in it, but you can go set it up and check it out and then get a simple tarp and then you're off to the races. But you don't have to make it, it's easy to hide in all the complexity of that and the, all the things that you need to go camping, but you don't have to make it complex. You can even sleep in the back of your car. We've done that. Yeah, we have done that. The most recent example of buying the thing that's not the best thing in the world, but just to kind of get into a new hobby, is our bow. It's expandable to where I can put stronger limbs on it so that the draw weight is higher, making the arrows shoot faster. But for now, I just got a simple, relatively inexpensive bow. It's like $110. All in, our whole kit was 200 bucks. And I knew I wanted to get into archery, but I really didn't know how. So I just kept it super simple and bought a platform that I could expand on. So now, over time, we'll likely get some uh, feather-fletched arrows and different things like that to make our kit better. But out of the gate, I just got all the things to make it as simple as possible and relatively inexpensive so I can figure out what I need. Because if I want to get into, if I didn't even like having a traditional bow and wanted to get a compound bow, then it's a whole nother thing. But I just kept it simple, and so far it's worked out great. And now we can just expand on the simple kit that we have. It's amazing. You're so smart. Oh, thanks, babe. I think that's about as much as I have to say. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll keep it simple and just end it there. How about it? Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information and links to the things we talked about, check out our show notes at normal2nomad.com slash podcast. If you want to see more of what we're up to, we've documented our travels on YouTube for the past three years and are up to a quarter of a million subscribers. Check it out at youtube.com slash Please give us a five-star review if you like the show so other people can find it. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.